You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. And belly on up to the nine-foot homemade oak bar. Pour yourself a cold one. My name is Chris. His name is Ed. Second half has begun. There's lots of work to do, not only to wrap up this division, but also to get ready for the postseason. And during this time, you may have something you have to take care of in your home. Let's say your basement has some seepage. You got walls that are bowing. You got to figure out how to get water to drain away from the house instead of into the house. Maybe you just need the sump pump checked because you're going on vacation. You don't want to come back to a basement full of water. Contact Family Waterproofing Solutions at FamilyDry.com or give them a call at 708-330-4466. Tell our sponsors that Socks in the Basement sent you and get yourself a solid discount. Save yourself some money. The second half already starts off with Aloy in AAA. He's probably here sooner rather than later, Ed. A lot of fans, not everybody, but a lot of fans. Very okay with Adam Eaton being DFA'd, but I think the next guy that's on this roster that gets taken off of this roster is going to sting. And the guy after that is going to sting when Yasmani Grandal gets back even more. And the guy after that is going to sting even more when Luis Robert gets back. Some of these guys that have found their way onto this team and into the lineup on a regular basis, either being pushed to the bench or off of the team before we get to the finish line here, may be a little rough to watch because I've really started to fall in love with the Brian Goodwins and the Billy Hamiltons and even the Jake Lambs. Like, there are so many guys who have contributed, but not all of them are going to make it to the end. We're going to talk a little bit about roster construction with Jason Martinez, roster resource and fan graphs and look ahead and talk about things like that. But but are you going to be upset when you see some of these guys no longer on this team? The guys that have contributed so far, Brian Goodwin has been very good. Billy Hamilton has been a lot of fun, as it turns out. And you've even had a guy like Jake Lamb who, you know, at the start of the year, we're like, why are they putting this guy on the roster? And then you watch and he actually does some good things before he goes on the IL. So there are going to be guys that when we're looking back at hopefully a World Series championship in 10, 15 years, are going to sit there going, hey, yeah, I remember Jake Lamb was on the team, right? You know, I almost bought a Jake Lamb jersey early on in the season. And, and you know, he didn't even make it to the playoffs. He didn't even make it into August. Um, and, and I think you're going to see, you know, he's on the chopping block. Unfortunately, I think Goodwin's on the chopping block. I think Hamilton is the safest of those three. Uh, but you're also going to have to probably watch and see how they address the pitching. If they go to a six-man rotation, which I think a lot of teams try to do early in the year to get their best five saved up for the stretch, I think the Sox could do the opposite, and they could go with a six-man rotation. But that means they've got to add a bullpen arm at the deadline. Uh, And that also means that they really need to address the second base situation so that to make room for Jimenez and to make room for Luis Robert coming back and and to get all these guys in the lineup that they want to get into, they cannot have Larry Garcia and Danny Mendick both on the team. I think that you're going to see Mendick, you're going to see Lamb, and you're going to see Sheets eventually all optioned back. Yeah, Sheets will go down. I don't think that means that they're not contributors to your team, but what it does is it allows you to keep some of these other guys that you would have to release into the wind. Because as you get 
into the crunch, you might see injuries and you can bring them back where you couldn't bring back a good one. Right. I think that's very likely to try to keep as many guys under your control in case you have things that happen down the line. I mean, it was rough the first half. You don't know what the second half is going to bring. So that that's a real possibility. Plus, you could have real discussions going into the postseason with this team as to what is the makeup when you go up in your first series of the team. Because then you might hear them go, well, I'd rather go with Sheets because of the way he hits against uh, righties or how he matches up with his pitcher. It'll be really interesting to watch the 26-man roster construction because you'll have a lot of guys to pull from at that point. Now, here's the other thing I'm looking at in the second half, and that is the schedule. Right. All right. This team had an easy schedule rolling into the All-Star break. Three against the Astros right out of the gate. And then we got four games against the Twins over a matter of three days because there's a double header. We get a day off, we get the Brewers. Then we get a nice light uh, four games against the Royals. So really, I mean, the way we've beaten up on the Twins, the way we've beaten up on the Royals, it's not bad. But it's when the calendar flips to August. After a three-game series with the Indians that brings you into August, you get a nice week against a Royals team that's in last place and a Cubs team that should be missing about I don't know, three or four of their star players by that point, right? They're going to tear it all down. The, the Cubs are going to sell. I, I, I think you're. I think we're we're done with the Cubs as a as a championship contender here. And then, as long as something weird hasn't happened, you're going to walk in against a defeated Twins team that might have moved guys as well. But when you get to the 12th of August, all hands on deck. Yankees for three. The first one being the Field of Dreams game, out in uh, Iowa that they're going to do this year in Dyersville. Yankees for three games. The Athletics for four, the Rays for three, the Blue Jays for four. And you better be ready to go because that is going to be the big test. And I always think back to the 05 season, especially when you got a big, big lead. There is something coming here. Uh, you know it's coming where we're going to have a bad week or so. Right. You know, and, 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 and you hope that it's not something that really pushes you to the brink. Maybe it's a good thing. I always thought that that 05 team, when they got pushed to the brink, that's what woke them up. And then they just went screaming through the postseason. And if they would have made it to the postseason with a seven-game lead, maybe they just fall flat on their face. So it, that is that is something else I'm watching. The schedule, the amount of lead, the, the lead that they have, and what they how they deal with when things eventually get tough. Because there's one more tough stretch at least ahead for this team. Well, and, and then you you even look into September and you get a stretch with the A's, Boston, and the Angels before you kind of get to relax with Texas and Detroit, although I don't think Detroit's that much of a pushover these days. Now, the one good bit of news is that the Yankees, the Yankees might actually not be at full strength either, but they're going to be a tough team. And the only other piece of good news is, is that you're going to have to sit somebody down because I'm pretty sure Shoeless Joe Jackson gets to play in the Dyersville game. And the field of dreams. <laughs> I think that's a, that's a possibility. You don't know who's coming out of the corn. I might come out of the corn. I might come walking out, ready to go. You know, we have so many guys that have been sent off to heaven this year, which has been the big joke that White Sox fans have had ever since they hung Aloy Jimenez's jersey out in the dugout. I would love to see, like, Yasmani Grandal come walking out. Isn't that close to when he would come back? Yeah, it's right around there. It would be very symbolic of him to walk out of the corn and... and... <laughs> You know, <laughs> go ahead and ask Carlos Rodon if you'd like to have a catch. Do you think Kevin Costner shows up for that game? Uh, I think Kevin Costner, I think Kevin shows, up Costner game, shows up right? for the game, yeah. I think he's probably part of, like, an official video package opening it up, too. Right. James Earl Jones and Kevin Costner show up at that game, don't they? Yeah. I, I would expect that. Yeah. Ray Liotta shows up. 
nobody will know who he is because he looks very different now than he did when he played Shoeless Joe Jackson. He looks like Shoeless but Joe like, Jackson's you know, glove now, right. but yes. He, right, Charlie Sheen shows up. He gets mistaken for a stalk of corn. But I mean, like... <laughs> it, <laughs> oh, my God. And John Cusack gets to show up and pretend he's a White Sox fan because he was in that movie. Right. Oh, my God. It's right. ridiculous. Now I don't even want to watch it. The entire second half of this season of White Sox baseball is going to be absolutely lit. I expect big crowds out there. Get your tickets, get out, and support your first place team on the road to the postseason before you go into the stadium. Go to Cork and Carry at the park at 33rd in Princeton and get yourself some great food, an incredible menu of ballpark favorites, plus They have their award-winning burgers. I swear by them. The list is incredible. You can see it at corkandcarryatthepark.com. They have a full bar. They have an incredible array of beers for you to choose from on tap. Indoor and outdoor seating, TVs everywhere, a great environment, and the perfect spot to hang out just a few blocks right there in the shadow of the stadium. Depending on what parking lot you're in, you could just park your car and walk 10 feet over to it. 33rd in Princeton, get to Cork and Carry at the Park before the game, get some great food at a great price, and have some fun with White Sox fans. Then go into the ballpark, and when you're done, head back out, get back over to Cork and Carry at the Park. If you don't have tickets, watch the game from Cork and Carry at the Park. If they're on the road, Cork and Carry at the Park. You want to have a White Sox viewing party? Contact them. You can rent the place out. Cork and Carry at the Park, 33rd in Princeton. Check them out now at corkandcarryatthepark.com. Joining us on the phone line, we talked to him right at the beginning of the season, right before everything started. We wanted to kind of get an idea how the White Sox roster was constructed. Jason Martinez from Roster Resource and Fangraphs on the line with us right now. Jason, welcome back to Sox in the Basement. How are you? Doing good. Uh, Thanks for having me, Chris. Oh, thanks for coming on. Look, uh, I see you on Twitter update depth charts so much every single day are you are you doing it much more this year than in previous years do you feel like there's just so many changes to the 26 man roster and the 40 man roster for all these teams while you guys are kind of uh you know breaking down what the best option is showing optimal lineups on your website but there's been so many injuries league wide do you feel like you're doing it a lot more recently you know, it, it always seems like that every, every year. <laughs> and then I'll go back and I don't, I haven't kept track of, of the injury numbers throughout the years, just over the last couple of years. And usually, so when I do go back and I'll, and I'll do some quick math and I'll go, yeah, I guess there's always this many injuries. Um, but 2021, it's definitely, it's definitely higher. Um, and it's, it's starting to become like, okay, this is pretty obvious, whether it's just a lot of hamstring injuries and, you know, there, there's always, you know, stretches of time throughout the last few years where it's like, wow, there's a lot of oblique injuries. There's a lot of quad injuries, but yeah, there's, there's just a lot right now. And I think, I, I think it, it is definitely taking its toll just, you know, playing that short season last year and just having their whole routines changed up over the last, the last year. You guys do a lot of analysis on the, the roster of each team and, and kind of project things out and, and try to figure out, you know, where a team could be headed based upon the personnel that they have on their, on their roster. The White Sox roster was turned into Swiss cheese. There have been many games, especially over the last month or so, in which they're marching out two guys that were expected to be starters, two guys that were expected to be on their bench, three AAA guys, and a couple of guys that were picked up off the waiver wire that they've inserted in. 
Uh, how surprised are you at where they're at in the standings when you look at what their roster looks like compared to the original projected roster and looking at the personnel that they have available to them, especially over the last month before the the All-Star break and entering the second half? Um, actually, I'm not, not that surprised. I may be a little surprised that they're just, it just seems as though they're running away with it. And, and I think that's more surprising that, you know, the twins aren't, aren't better, but I, I mean, I think they were in a good situation just because the division wasn't very good. And, and if, and if you knew what was going to happen to the twins, then it would just be like, well, this is going to be, this is going to be easy for us here. Um, and so I think that's given them an opportunity, you know, as well as, as I would say, I would say that the, the Playing in that division and then having that that starting rotation that's just like I don't know they're one of the most consistent rotations in the league and they and they've stayed healthy which is that that's been important so when you have that day, day in day out basis it's like you can afford to um, be patient with Andrew Vaughn and you know I think when we look at um, positional depth you look at guys like Brian Goodwin Louis Garcia you know Billy Hamilton as well and you go well. If that guy has to play all season for us, the overall numbers are going to be bad. And so, but those guys have all in stretches throughout their career been really, really good. And it's like a two week stretch here, or like Goodwin will get DFA'd and get picked up, and then he's good for like a month. And you, you, you look at those types of players and you go, these are the kind of guys we want to be able to, to stick in there on a, on a temporary basis and, and, you know, not rely on them for a full season. We had a theory here on the show, and the theory was, that it was much easier to absorb injuries to your players, to your position players. And as you said, and you kind of touched on it there, you know, hope that you can bring in some role players that can get streaky, get hot, are good in small doses of like, you know, two weeks, four weeks, a month and a half, but you couldn't go the entire season with them. And the White Sox have been able to do that to this point. And they have reinforcements, hopefully right here on the horizon with Jimenez and then Grandal and then eventually Robert, eventually all getting back to this team before you get to the postseason, which we all expect to make. It, it seems like it's easier to absorb those losses then absorb losses to your rotation, like the Cleveland Indians, who are the closest team to the White Sox, have had to do. Uh, do you notice that as being true when you're looking at the breaking down, uh, you know, rosters, and when you have to bring in replacement guys, and looking at depth when it comes to rotations compared to depth when it comes to uh, position players? Does that make sense when you're looking at the numbers? Oh yeah, and I definitely look at you know the pitching staff as, as that foundation because. You know, even if they're not, you know, throwing shutouts, it's like if you know your starter is going to go six innings, seven innings, not going to give up more than three runs, and then it just takes pressure off of the rest of the, the entire roster. I mean, we got some some teams that drafted only pitchers this, you know, in the in the, in the draft. I, I think I saw that right. I think I think some teams only only drafted pitchers this year. So you can never have enough pitching. Stockpile that pitching, and more than ever, that these guys are getting hurt all the time, and it's just like it's you have to find. The, the, the right guys at the right time. The Giants are a really good example of that. And you go, how the heck do they know that all the guys that they, they bet on to, to have bounce back seasons or come back strong from injury, they were all going to be really good. And that's, you know, that they did, they did a great job, but some of it is just luck, man. It's just like, you just, you just never, you just never know. So yeah, I think, I think if you look at all, you know, all the guys I've mentioned before, you go throughout their careers, the Goodwins and the Garcias and, and even if you look, look down in the minors and look at guys like they have, like, you know, Tim Beckham, uh, and you go, wow, that guy was really good. We thought he was going to be great for, you know, because he had this really good half season. Um, and then with, with pitchers, it's just harder to predict. I mean, it, 
it doesn't matter what your past success has been. It's just like, are they going to be good right now? And if, if we just need you for one or two starts and you don't make it out of the third or fourth inning, it's like we're, you, you're not going to get another opportunity because we don't, you know, all these games are important. Do you, fan graphs, anybody over there doing any projections for the second half, uh, does anybody have any feeling this team will not win the American League Central? Looking at where they're at right now, how they got there, their roster depth, and what is likely coming back to this team. Is there any doubt right now or major doubt in your mind this team is not going into the postseason as the AL Central champs? Not not, not at all. And I, and I would say that because, you know, the Twins would be the one team where, I mean, at least talent-wise, go, well, these, if these guys, if everything kind of comes together, they get healthy, maybe they add a couple pieces. But, I mean, they're so far out. Everybody's looking at them as, as sellers. Um, you know, look at, at Cleveland, and even with the healthy Shane Bieber back, and, and, and you know, even if you got, you know, Bieber and Savali and, and, and Plesak in that rotation, even if, you know, your young, the young bullpen guys who, who have been a little shaky as of late, I'm talking about a Karen Check and, and, and Klossing, um, if those guys were dominating down the stretch, I mean, that's why they've still been pretty good. And, of course, they got Jose Ramirez, but it's hard to look at that roster and go, yeah, this is a team that's going to, it's going to make a run. Um, and I think they're also kind of on the cusp where it's like, eh, should we be sellers or buyers? We're close enough to where they're not out of it, but it's also maybe not ideal for that front office. I think they're probably thinking that this is going to be here. We can probably um, take a step back and rebuild a little bit, but you know, they're still right there. I, I don't, I don't see any, any scenario. Of course, this is baseball. Cra- crazy, crazy things happen. And I think we will tend to like, look at, the guys coming back, looking at Eloy and looking at, at, at Robert, those two guys especially, and go, okay, those guys are going to come back, and then you, you figure, well, they're going to be exactly who they were, you know, at their best moments because we haven't seen them in so long. And those, you know, they can come back and struggle. And so, but it's going to be hard to catch them because of that rotation. Just steady, steady, just solid outings that, you know, mixed in with some dominance there as well. But those guys just aren't going to be bad. And so, bar, barring it, you know, multiple injuries, I think they're in really good shape. And so now I think you start looking ahead to the playoffs. And, and, and I don't look at this team as, you know, how are we going to get through the rest of the season? I, I think they're good. And every, any, anyone else, you know, Eli's going to come back and, and got, you know, Grandal coming back and a couple other guys. And it's like, yeah, we're, 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 in, we're in good shape. But how do, we, how do we stack up in the playoffs? And that's where I, I think it starts to get interesting. Right now, Fangraphs showing the White Sox 96.8% chance to win the division. Cleveland at 2.8%. The Tigers are in third place. You have them at zero. You still give the Twins a 0.4%, and the Royals in last place at 0%. So the, the stats are backing it up, and Jason, I think the stats and you and I and everybody else are are all on the right track here as long as this team keeps doing what it's doing. It's all about now just finishing the job and getting ready and being healthy and having the best team available when you walk into the postseason. Jason Martinez from Roster Resource and Fangraphs. Check them out at Fangraphs.com and follow Jason on Twitter. I believe you go under the two middle initials, Jason R.R. Martinez, right? That's correct. And Jason, thanks so much for jumping on the show. Yeah, no problem. Anytime. Socks in the Basement listeners looking for great craft beer on the South Side? We have a spot for you. It's the Blue Island Beer Company. This unique local South Side brewery with an incredible tap room is located in the historical district of Blue Island, Illinois. Live music indoors and outdoors, dollar off drafts on Tuesdays, $3 off growler fills every Wednesday. 
incredible beers, great food options. Check out all they have to offer right now at blueislandbeerco.com. Have a beer and watch a game at Blue Island Beer Company, 13357 Old Western Avenue, for that great Blue Island beer. Blue Island beer, Blue Island beer. We are true to the crap, let me be absolutely clear. Blue Island beer, Blue Island beer. I gotta tell you, one of my favorite ones I'm drinking there right now is the Hello Get Lost. It is a bourbon barrel aged old ale, Ed. That's some good stuff. Aged 14 months in a Willet bourbon whiskey barrel, 8.4%. It's smooth. If you're stressed out as crunch time, trade deadline approaches, that will relieve some stress, my friend. But it is also crunch time. In our fantasy baseball league, my friend. Oh, and I thought this would be a perfect time for for me as the first place team in the ultimate fantasy baseball league, of which I have won three of the last four championships, and sitting right now with a record. I want to say I'm twelve and two, two games up over the next team. On my way to another pennant and a bye all the way through to the three game World Series that we play. I'm sitting pretty. I would love to dispute you, but it's not true. I'm I am merely sitting in fourth place, <laughs> having won one fourth of our league's championships, as as the only other guy that's won them. And um, right, and my my grasp on fourth place is tentative because I, there's about three four other teams that are pretty much nipping at my heels, and it, it'll be. You know, it, it's one of those things where it's like it's great we have parity in the league, except for we have parity through two through eight, and then the ninth and tenth guys are are lost causes this year. Right, and the and the team at the top is the evil empire that can't be beat. Yes. and I'm sorry yeah, for well, that. I do my I do my best to lose. You know, I mean, I lost Trevor Bauer because he's a sicko. I mean, he, he's not on my team anymore. So I mean, I I lost like an ace pitcher, and I'm still rolling. I'm the White Sox. I'm what the White Sox are. I can lose players and still win. There's just a horseshoe straight up my butt. There's just absolutely no way I'm going down. But everybody else is trying to make the postseason so they can lose to me eventually. I know that some people play fantasy baseball. This is a 10-team league that we're in. It's a dynasty league. You get to keep all of your players unless uh, they're over 30. If you're 30 and older, you only get to keep four guys the next year. You got to release all your other ones. You get to pick them. So sometimes guys get, get loose because somebody has way too many older players that are good and you're able to redraft them you know, in a free agent draft, but that's the basics of it. It's a head-to-head league, head-to-head points, league. A points league, yeah. a lot of people love that stuff. So what I'm going to ask you, because I've got a few of them, for those that play fantasy baseball, is there someone that you're looking at right now and thinking to yourself, this guy is going to have a bigger second half than what he did in the first, whether it was because of injury or something that was going on with him or he underperformed where are the guys that people could go out and grab if they're looking to make it into their postseason uh, tournament? Because you yourself are trying to figure that out right now. Yeah, well, and it's it's a, you know, there's obvious guys like Mike Trout, for example, who hasn't played, or Aloy Jimenez, who hasn't played, and those guys are going to come But guys have in. them on their team, right? Don't you think most people have them hidden on their team, like they, they stashed them? Yeah, it, well, you know, Aloy may be a guy that, on you know, frankly, if you're in a league with a bunch of White Sox fans like we are, there was no chance that he wasn't going to be stashed. But if you're in one of those leagues where it's like five Yankees fans, they're going to sit there and go, Aloy who? Because, you know, his name isn't Judge or Stanton, and so they don't think he exists. Um, but you, you got some guys out there. Now, there, there's... 
actually two guys that are currently on my roster that I, I think could be interesting. And one of them is Christian Yelich, who has been an injury-plagued guy, uh, is finally hopefully getting over his back injury, and frankly has underperformed what he had been. He's a kind of an X factor because if he gets back to what he used to be before he started having all those injury issues and gets back to, say, his 2019, 2018 self, that's a guy that could, like, win the league for me, you know, because he, he, he's a bona fide superstar a couple of years back. If he continues to scuffle around, though, he's going to kill me. He's going to absolutely kill me every week. And the other guy is a guy that I picked up from you in the offseason because of the over 30 rule, and that's Anthony Rizzo. And Rizzo has been like a lot of first basemen. He was projected to be a top 10 first baseman. Other than Vlad Guerrero, who you've got, and was projected to be a guy that was going to be towards the top of that list, a lot of the top end first basemen have not panned out this year. And Rizzo's one of them, but Rizzo has been a guy that he's on a Cubs lineup that has been so incredibly hot and cold. And, you know, if he somehow finds his way onto a team, another team somewhere here where he can be back to being the middle or even a top end, you know, a top of the lineup guy for a really good lineup, he's a guy that could come alive and make a difference because he was always a streaky guy. You, in fact, you told me when I traded for him, you said, enjoy him. He comes, he starts out cold, but then he will get hot at some point and watch out, you know, and that's, that's a guy that he still hasn't hit that yet, but I think he's got it in him. You know, one of the guys that I've noticed that I've been scouting for our league and I don't need him because I, my third base situation is just fine. Uh, I have Jose Ramirez because I'm really good at drafting and yeah. I've had him on my team since before anybody knew who he was. So I, uh, he's been, he's been in my organization and nobody else is in this dynasty league. You mean okay? when he but, was a second baseman for the uh, Indians triple A team? Yeah. And then he was an outfielder. Yeah. Like I didn't even know he was going to end up at third base at the time. I had Justin Turner as my long-term third base when I drafted him and it worked out pretty well for me. Uh, JD Davis, third baseman for the Mets, who's been out all year. Uh, here's a guy that in 2019 hit 307 with a 369 on base percentage and slugged 527. And I know he's sitting in our league where people are just clamoring for players and he's just floating around out there. And I'm like, here's a guy who's going to come back and he's going to hit. And so like, if you're, if you're sitting around, you're trying to find somebody that could come back in the second half because he is expected to come back here early on, at least by last reports, there, there's a guy that could come in and he's third base eligible wherever they end up putting him on the Mets, on a team that's making a playoff push that could easily, in that offense, start producing fantasy points. So he's a, he's a guy that I kind of like, I know I'm looking at, even though I'm not going and getting him, but I was, I was kind of paying attention to him. He was on my radar. A guy I picked up just recently that some, te- some people might not notice because he's not sitting in the top 10, let's say. I always like, like when you're searching for players, you look up like, if you're in a 10-person league, you look up the top 10, and you just hope that you have one of the top 10. Right. Because if not, it's like, why Why do I have a guy when there's other free agents that are better than him? You know, you want to have somebody that's that's one of the better players. If there's 10 teams in a league, you want a top 10 at every position or you're not doing it right. A guy who's not in that right now, but has been performing very well, especially the last couple of weeks before he got to the All-Star game, David Fletcher, who in our league is second-base shortstop eligible. He's been just ripping the ball as of late, and he has his average up to 309. His OPS is just over 700. But we've talked about this. We had this brought up by a listener after we started comparing OPSs in a previous episode. OPS is down across the league. His OPS plus it makes him look a lot better. Compared to the rest of the league, doing very well, scoring a lot of fantasy points, and if I'm not mistaken, has been elevated to being the leadoff guy. 
Lead-off guys get on base, get knocked in, score runs. They get more at-bats than everybody else when they come through there. It helps their fantasy production. So there's a guy that in the early part of the season wasn't doing very much, and now all of a sudden is doing a lot. Another guy that I really like, and I picked him up, and I was I just I've been so surprised that you know I mean I can't find room for him in my lineup, but I think that he's a great pickup if he's still floating around in your league. He got a late start, Tyler O'Neill, the 26 year old from St. Louis, the outfielder, because Tyler's always one of those guys goes for a week or two and then falls apart or gets injured. And a lot of fantasy people have read about him on prospect list, but he's on my team, and all he's done is have a 3.33 on base percentage, but he goes along with his 5.46 slugging. If he had a full season, he would extrapolate out to being one of the top 20 outfielders in our league right now. As we wrap up our nerd talk talking about fantasy baseball, how many White Sox guys do you have on your team? I, I just want to I want to get that out there, mine and yours. How many? Because, you know, you, you, you favor your hometown team. We've got a lot of White Sox fans in our league, so they become coveted. I think sometimes they're way overvalued in our league. But how many White Sox guys are on your dynasty league right now in, in your team? Well, if you go back to a prior show, we had a discussion where I revealed that I find myself to be bad luck for the White Sox. So I have no White Sox players on my team because I want them to do well in the real world. And this was evidenced by the fact that Dylan Cease's season turned around literally the start after I traded him to you for a couple of prospects. That's right. I forgot about that. All of a sudden, Dylan Cease got good after we made that trade. I acquired him from your team. I completely, I completely forgot about it. Thank you for reminding me of that, Ed. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll let you rub that in for the rest of the season. And <laughs> for the next five or six years, however long you hold on to Dylan Cease. Oh, especially, so if he, uh, especially if he grows into the, his role as the ace of the White Sox staff. And uh, he's, he's, I don't know if he's going to be the ace. Michael Kopech is... Just the deadliest pitcher I've ever seen. He makes oh people look stupid. And he's the eventual number one on this team. No matter what they do. I think eventually he's a number one. Like, I want them to re-sign Rodad, like, badly. I would love it if they re-signed Lynn. I would love them to just bring back what they have. It's a good problem to have. They have that many good arms. Because eventually somebody has a problem. So I would rather that they just bring them all back. I don't know what the offseason's going to hold. Let's get through the regular season first. But Michael Kopech... That's the truth right there. You could see it on the faces of batters that he makes look stupid. So, I mean, like, that's the guy. And he's in our league, or the person that has him in our league just won't give him up for anything. You could offer your entire team. And, and rightfully so. <laughs> rightfully so. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always on socksinthebasement.com.